You know what we don't talk about much anymore? The European debt crisis. Why? Because the drama seems to be over. The euro just doesn't seem to be on the verge of a breakup anymore. Like, just today, there's word that big European banks are paying back loans they got from the European Central Bank last year. Those loans were a really big deal at the time, I remember. And borrowing costs for the southern countries have gone down, and they've been down. Even the Greek bailout, it's no longer a question. But for the people living in these countries that got hit the hardest during the crisis, it still feels like a crisis. Just because Euro countries and their central bank doubled down on European unity last year, that doesn't mean the medicine has worked and now everybody's fine. Nobody knows right now if the medicine will work. And in the meantime, unemployment in Spain over 25 percent. Riots in Greece continue. Austerity is no joke. And people are still really mad about it. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Zoe Chase. And you see this in protests and Spaniards leaving Spain for Germany. And the latest expression of this anger are these criminal charges that were just filed in Greece against a statistician. We know this guy here on Planet Money. We met him a little over a year ago on the show. Uh, My goal is to make this a competent, boring institution and not to be in the limelight. This is Andreas Giorgio. He runs the Greek statistics office. And this week, the news in Greece is that he's just gotten hit with a felony charge over a statistic that he reported a few years ago. Today, Greek prosecutors claim he was lying back when he reported this one number. Now, this number has been hotly contested for years, from way before Giorgio even reported it. And once this number was revealed, it became the center, the catalyst for all that's gone down in Europe since then. And what this number is, is the deficit in Greece. Four years ago, a brand new Greek government took a look at the number the previous government had been reporting for the deficit, and they called that number a fiction. They claimed the deficit was actually twice what Greece had been reporting, and that was the start of the debt crisis. This was the number that kicked off what eventually became a European-wide emergency. And immediately after this number came out, Giorgio was sent into the Greek statistics office by the European Union. He was supposed to put economic data collecting back on track. And what he did was he looked around Greece and he revised the deficit number even higher. And when these alarming numbers came out, it shocked the world. It kicked off what we call the European debt crisis. So We're going to go back for a second to December of 2011, when things looked really bad for Europe. Greece was the eye of the storm. And our own Hannah Jaffe-Walt went back to Athens. She brought us this great story, and she told it to our reporter, Alex Bloomberg. And the story is about the statistician there. Even back then, there was talk of criminal charges related to this deficit number. But many people didn't believe that would actually happen. Today, the statistician may end up in jail for his calculations. So here's a portion of that story, and we begin at ground zero for the European debt crisis, the Greek Statistics Office, 46 Pireo Street. And they're talking about that brand new deficit number. Everyone here in Greece said, what number is this? It's, uh, it's outrageous, this, uh, this number. How 
what happened? So what did happen? I don't understand. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But you guys work. In, you guys work in the statistics office. Yes. So I mean, it just—it seems like why would you? You're the first people I would expect would know that. Would not be surprised by that because you work here. Yes, but the people here who were worked about this matter said we did our job very correctly. At this point, one of Scordas's colleagues who's sitting in on the interview, Costadinos Pascalidis, taps my shoulder and, and jumps in. We, Sorry, say it again. Start again. We were very wor- worried about this. Everyone in Greece cheated, you know? The, that that uh, you guys cheated? Yeah. yeah. Cooking the, the numbers. Cooking the numbers. Did you cook the numbers? No. I believe no. But I don't know what the politicians did. Alex, let me paint a scene of what's going on in here. So I am sitting with Scordas in this tiny room in the corner of the first floor of the building. And this is the office of the union employees in the buildings. The employees are all unionized and they have their own little corner office in the very back of the building. And it is like full of smoke. It is incredibly smoky. There's tons of people in the room crammed into this tiny room. So it's sort of like a break room a little bit, but it's, it's also... No, it's like, it's like a VFW bar is what it feels like. <laughs> okay. But it, it's like people are, keep cramming themselves in and as we're talking, like the, everybody knocks on the door and they either get accepted into the room or not accepted into the room. And while we're having the interview, we have this whole audience of men watching us and like commenting as... Gordas is continuing to answer my questions. And when he says this thing, when he says, I don't know what the politicians did, this is wildly popular (laughs) with our audience. There's lots of heads shaking and sort of shifting in seats and people blowing smoke to the ceiling, just saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The politicians, they played with the numbers. But this number, this change, the one from 6% to 12%, this was a much more dramatic change than, than had happened in Greece before. And it set off a pretty dramatic chain reaction. The people all around the world who loaned money to Greece got spooked, not just about Greece, but about some other countries in Europe that also use the euro. Maybe they weren't to be trusted either. And, you know, it set off a continent-wide wave of distrust, otherwise known as the European debt crisis. Which pretty much brings us to the present, so to that grand plan to solve the crisis. And in essence, send the technocrats to supervise in the various countries and when needed to take over. And it's the plan that's been underway in Greece for over a year. So to understand if it has a real shot at rescuing Europe, it helps to look at Greece, which is a real test case, and to look at the Greek technocrat in charge of fixing this agency. Uh, My goal is to make this a competent, boring institution and not to be in the limelight. Actually, not to have to give an interview like this one. Andreas Giorgio is the man in charge of executing the rescue plan in Greece. He's a no-nonsense numbers guy. He is that kind of guy that opens an interview by telling you that he would prefer that you disappear. He's quite shy. And remember we mentioned this high-stakes game of office politics. It is more like an office war with Giorgio, Andreas Giorgio, the technocrat on the one side. He's the guy sent by Brussels, the capital of the EU. And on the other side of the battle lines, Konstadinos Skordas, the Greek union guy, the old guard, and all that entire crew in that smoky office on the first floor of the building. And the idea, right, is that these two sides were supposed to work together, right? The technocrat and the old guard. The technocrat was going to come in with, like, the new Brussels way of doing things, and the old guard was supposed to sort of give give him the numbers, and they were all going to work together. 
and build this statistics office back up, make it the kind of place where the number doesn't suddenly double overnight. That was the idea. And it lasted exactly one day, August 3rd, 2010. Well, things uh, appear to be difficult, actually, in some areas from the very beginning. The difficulties, Giorgio, the technocrat, is talking about, all boil down to this. He thought, here I am, I have arrived, I am the chief reformer, I have been put in charge. Scored us and everyone in the old guard said, not so fast. Giorgio thought, I'm going to come in, I'm going to start poring over the books and get to the bottom of that deficit number, it's how I'm going to spend my very first day. But instead, he winds up in a meeting with Skordas and the others that goes on all day long. Giorgio, the technocrat, could not believe how long this meeting went on. But Skordas, the old guard, just listened to how he remembers it. The time was very little. I couldn't understand uh, what kind of person was. Day two, Giorgio got to the numbers. He got to do what he had come to the statistics office to do, to look at the government numbers and figure out what was going on, and specifically to look at that 2009 deficit number. Giorgio was going to spend all of day two settling the matter. He would calculate the true government deficit number. So he sits down, and within minutes of sitting down with the data, Giorgio realizes he's going to need a lot more than one day. Yes, in order to be able to count what is the deficit and the debt, you have to know what you're counting. Uh, you have to know which institutions belong in this concept called government. So that was, for example, an open question. Wait, what do you mean an open question? I thought it's either part of government or it's not part of government, right? That seems to be pretty straightforward. No, but that's the thing. First, he found a national train company that wasn't included in the government numbers. And he couldn't figure out what was going on there. Then he found a national TV company that wasn't documented anywhere then an agricultural insurance program that was left out. There's a tourism organization, an electric bus company. We found out 17 uh, institutions, uh, large institutions, were left out. Why would, th why would they have been left out? Uh, I do not know. But this is a situation. You asked me what I found. In principle, uh, this should not happen. So in other words, it sounds like Georgia, the technocrat, is checking the old guard's work and finding that they didn't do a very good job. Yeah. But he does feel like he can sort out the true number. He can apply his Brussels-based procedure and figure out what the actual numbers are. And finally, at the end of last year, Giorgio and his staff had a new deficit figure to report to Eurostat, to the European Statistical Agency, for the 2009 government deficit. Final number, 15.8. So wait, so the original number is 6%. It gets doubled to 12% or mm -hmm. something. And then I think they raised it again after that to 13%. And then he's coming in and saying it's almost 16%? Yes, <laughs> he is. But to be clear, Eurostat, the European-based statistics agency, says this is actually true. This number is the real grown-up European number. They praised Georgios methodology. The thing is, the hundreds of people who work beneath Georgios seventh floor office, though, the old guard, did not feel the same way. Everybody said, oh, what number is this? We expected to discuss this matter. Some peculiar uh, words he told to us, and uh, we had a lot of questions about it. This is the moment where those office tensions erupted into actual fighting. And the fighting took place in a meeting of the Statistics Office Governing Board. Skordas, who you just heard, the old guard guy, 
He was one of seven people who were on this board. They were something like a board of directors, and there was a lot of fighting over the role of this board. Scordas and the rest of the Greek board members wanted the board to be involved in anything that got reported about Greece, and they wanted a say in the number before anyone talked to anyone in Brussels. Certainly, before anything goes to Eurostat, which I'm gathering is sort of like the principal or something. Exactly. Yeah, they wanted to discuss long before that happened. They wanted to debate, and they wanted to vote on the number. And Giorgio saw this as a threat to his independence. He said, you don't get to vote. This is not how it works. They would want to uh, approve uh, this, uh, this figure. They would vote yes or no, whether this should be uh, released to Eurostat. Um, what would have happened if they voted no? I do not know. I never allowed it to happen. I refused, actually. I, I explained uh, that this was uh, not... Uh, consistent with the principles under which uh, statistics in advanced economies are, are being compiled. And did that work? Did that convince them? No, it didn't. It was a matter of contestation. But then something happened, which was absolutely shocking. Giorgio says a few weeks after he sent the new deficit number to Eurostat, one of his staff members, a union colleague of Scordas, sent him a note and asked to see him. And uh, presented me with a document uh, that the... Uh, only existed in an email communication between me and my lawyer through my personal email. And uh, I said, uh, I said, I didn't say that he has has hacked into my emails. I said that this is the product of a criminal act. And um, and the answer that I got was that things like that happen. What things like what happen? That uh, things that are in my personal email could find their way uh, around. said things like that happen in Greece. And I told him that, uh, no, they don't happen in my country, or at least they shouldn't happen in my country. And of course, that is really what this whole thing comes down to. What should happen in Greece? What does it mean to be Greek? And, and who, who gets to answer that question? Because you have Giorgio, a Greek citizen, who hasn't been in Greece for a long time, who kind of brought in the European vision. And on the other hand, there's Skordas and the old guard who have worked here for decades, and they feel like they should get to have a say in you know, what gets said about Greece to the rest of the world and what gets reported. I did try to get in touch with the person Giorgio has accused of hacking into his email. The guy's lawyer said he wasn't going to talk and that he denies everything Giorgio just said. Giorgio went to the police, though, and the police agree someone did hack into his email. The police characteristically said, this person, who the intruder, enters your email more than you do. Just to show you how bad things have gotten, Alex, when I asked Squirtus about the email hacking, he denied that it was his colleague, his union colleague, and he also denied that it happened at all. I don't know a lot of much about these emails. I don't know. I don't believe something like that. I don't believe. Why not? Because it's too difficult. Who who would that, uh, would something like that? I don't believe that someone stolen his uh, emails. All right. So at this point, this process, sending in the technocrat to bring everyone in line, this process, which is at the center of the plan to rescue Europe, seems to be going pretty badly. Right? <laughs> the technocrat is dismissing the old guard. He's supposed to be working with the old guard is distrusting the technocrat saying, you know, the hell with you and your fancy Brussels ways. Tension is giving way to outright hostility, which is giving way to cybercrime. 
yeah, it actually gets worse. <laughs> so <laughs> after the alleged email hacking, that was the end of the board. Giorgio changed the law, so he got rid of several people who were part of the board. That led to strikes. So you have these like statistics office workers walking around on a picket line, striking against Giorgio. And just so I understand, this is like economists and like the budget wonks and stuff like that. They're all in a yeah, union. Yeah, mathematicians. And they, they're all outside his office picketing. Exactly. And at one point, actually occupying the building and shutting the doors so nobody could get in and go to work. That happened too. And then we have our beleaguered technocrat who's, who's had his email hacked. His staff launched two strikes. And then he gets a phone call. Uh, well, the first thing that I heard was uh, I was asked to provide um, documents. Asked by who? Uh, I was asked by the prosecutor for economic crimes. The prosecutor, Giorgio says, explained that the office planned to clarify that contested 2009 deficit number. And Giorgio immediately sent over 75 boxes of documents that explained how he calculated the number. In a few weeks after that, I got... Uh, another letter asking me to appear in front of the prosecutor. And uh, to my surprise, I, uh, they asked me where my lawyer was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked uh, why I needed a lawyer, and they explained to me that I was being invited um, as a suspect, not as a witness. Wait a minute. He's been accused of a crime? Yeah, he, he accused someone else of a crime, and now he's being accused of a crime. He's being investigated, and if he's charged, he could potentially face a life sentence. Potentially under something called breach of faith against the state. So Georgia is being investigated for being basically being in cahoots with Eurostat and European leaders and deliberately trying to make Greece look bad by reporting an inflated deficit number so that the European authorities would have a justification to come into Greece and take over and kind of run things the way that they want to run things. Hmm. If this were a police procedural, I would ask, what's the motive? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, does he have a motive? Well, he's on the technocrats team. So if he has a particular way that he wants Greece to run and it's the technocratic vision, then I suppose he could want to make the number look really high so that they could say, you need bailout and you have to have austerity and you have to do it the way that we want. Right, right. Okay. But I mean, the weird thing about it is that Georgios is also Greek, right? He's a technocrat. But he is Greek. He was born in Greece, although he's been away for a long time. But he talks about taking this job as fulfilling a sense of patriotic duty. Um, it feels really surreal uh, to hear these things. To be honest with you, it is so absurd that it, sometimes it is difficult to get angry. So if what is happening in Greece is a test case for the rest of Europe, it's not looking good. I mean, you send in the technocrats, they get ignored, resented, harassed. And possibly thrown in jail for the rest of their lives. <laughs> or if you are if you see it from the old guard's perspective, you have outsiders coming into your country who don't want to do things your way. They don't even want to be involved with you, really. And they're coming and taking over your country. Right. Okay, so meanwhile, there is an actual statistics office that's supposed to be producing numbers, right? This office war takes a huge amount of time and energy. When I was there, Giorgio, the technocrat, he was preparing his testimony for the Office of Economic Crimes, and he was sitting at his computer for hours to do that. So there's nobody left in your office? Uh, no, it's now it's just me and, and my, my computer. And uh, getting ready to go home, packing my bags, because actually I need to do still a little bit more work tonight. 
I will need to take some of my work home. You're taking work home? Uh, yes, I am. Have you noticed what time it is? Uh, it is uh, four minutes to midnight. Totally normal for you? <laughs> Unfortunately. At the moment, the war between the technocrats and the old guard has gone back to a cold one. They've each sort of dug into their floor of the building, plotting, resenting, and definitely not working together. Here's Skordas, the old guard, talking about Georgiou. He behaves like uh, I, I'm not existing. Uh, I know that uh, the relationships between him and Eurostat are very good. Eurostat, but Eurostat wants to rule every service. Why? Why not? Why not? Because its country, uh, its country is independent. It's not. Uh, it's not. We are not part of the Eurostat. We are part of. We are a service of Greece. We are not service of Eurostat. To me, there is no Greek statistics versus European statistics. Again, this is Andreas Georgiou, the technocrat. It's all European statistics. There is not us and them. We're not sitting on opposite side of the table. Although, for the moment, they do appear to be <laughs> on opposite sides of the table, right? They're not at the same table. No. Hi, it's Zoe back again in the present day. Now, remember, the reason we're bringing you this story again is because the Cold War around Greek statistics just got pretty hot. Giorgio is being charged with a felony for revising the Greek deficit. And in Greece, this should actually be a pretty bureaucratic news story. But there is a lot of interest in Greece about the charges filed against the statistician. And Giorgio wouldn't go on tape for this update. But when we spoke to him, his theory for why the case was so notorious was this. People in Greece seem to be really desperate for someone to blame, for someone to be put on trial and held accountable for how wretched life has become there. The charges against him, unfortunately for Giorgio, they may provide that national catharsis. That's our show for today. As always, please be in touch on the blog, npr.org slash money, Facebook, Twitter. And also, I want to put something out there, which is we have this new guy writing on the Planet Money blog uh, who used to be a banker. And he's writing this column for us called Ask a Banker. And he wants to answer your questions about being a banker and just banking in general. And he has been answering questions from readers on the blog. But if you're a listener and you have a question, just email us, planetmoney at NPR org or tweet us your question and we might answer it. I'm Zoe Chase. Thanks for listening. Goes